Yo, welcome to another edition of 33.6, the sports podcast you always wanted. I'm Dustin Perry, and I'm joined by James Key. Hello, James. You are joined by me. I am joined by you as well. And we, you and I, are joined by Maddie Key. Hello, Maddie. Yo, uh, how do I get a nickname as cool as Primetime? I think what you need to do is at least order the sunglasses that are available on the website. <laughs> Which so we all you, went down you, that route. You guys can all thank me or like yeah. I can apologize to you boys because it was kind of my fault. So prior to recording, the past, I don't know, 20 minutes or so was us <laughs> debating of whether we should buy the primetime sunglasses. No, you guys debating because I had already bought I already bought That's the right. blacks. Maddie had a black one pre-ordered and James and I were like, should we do this? And we went to the website and then James is like, oh, I like the gold and I like the black and, and, but <laughs> it was free, it was free shipping after a hundred dollars. So everyone walked away with two pairs. <laughs> yes. And I ended up double six dipping and buying the gold. <laughs> yeah. They just saw six orders come in. Uh, Yo, they're sick though. And like, if you're going to invest in a guy in terms of, you know, to kind of associate yourself or to say, you know, that's my guy. I want to buy something branded by him. There's few better you're going to get than Deion I mean, Sanders. Like, you on. say that, but like, listen, up until four weeks ago, like, let's be real. Deion Sanders was on zero people's radar for how many long. cards did you have you gotten me of like rookies? For sure. of like, but his, I've been the, a Deion price, fan for a long time. The prices of those things have gone way up because he's in the spotlight now right um and and i mean he has two nicknames right neon dion so yeah but called neon maddie no but like how like okay there's some really cool nicknames in sports i don't count ufc because those are kind of gimmicky to be honest because they're fighters yeah. so whatever but you know obviously you have wayne the great one you know air jordan you know, you have all of these cool nicknames. There's few that are cooler than primetime, though. Oh, Frank Thomas, Big Hurt is pretty good. That's cool, too. Right. But and like if, if you were, if to we're go with big, what about the big unit? <laughs> that's, that's I mean, he blew up. A are, bird, we talk, so yeah. are we talking football or baseball <laughs> or sports? Oh, I mean, but yeah, I know. Eh? It's like eh, on certain sites. You big know what's unit funny? They called else. him the big unit and his last name was Johnson. <laughs> like i don't know big johnson was right there like it waiting writes for it itself to right big unit johnson um but realistically and yeah. if you go to like the pantheon of like sports nicknames that's got to be top three i find it incredible that dude played for three nfl teams that's I, I find it incredible that he played three games in a day and a half he right. also played professional baseball yeah, I mean, think about so. think about the concept of uh, an athlete today. Like we we're like holy, f and I know we'll get to Otani later. Not to kill your rundown, Dustin, but I know we'll get to. But like we're like it's amazing. Otani pitches and, and hits. The fucking Bo Jackson and Deion Sanders were playing two sport. Like, do you could you imagine a franchise now being like, yeah, sure, go play for MLB, and the, they would never. Like the investment in these guys is so large, even fucking nobody guys. They're they're not going to allow that. Yeah, even like useless guys like Joe Burrow, like he's <laughs> getting tons of money, right? Right. They like they would never have. He would never go play for the Padres. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, maybe you missed some of uh, the NFL Week Two. But we're going to have you covered because on this episode we're going to be talking about NFL Week Two. We're going to be briefly discussing 
NFL Week 3 as it is quickly upon us. Shohei Otani is shut down for the rest of the season. The Toronto Blue Jays are back in the playoffs. Mike Babcock is back out the door again. And The Rock is back again. All of that and a whole lot more coming up on this week's episode of 43.6, which of course is brought to you by Now Your Treasures, which we'll talk a bit more about later. Well, I think you've already heard that all three of us are now proud new owners of new sunglasses. So that's uh, one thing going on in our lives. James, you got anything else? Uh, my my kid is severely, and it's a sad time, I think, to be severely interested in New York Jets. She's like super, it's cute, man. She's like, I want to watch the Jets play. And then she's like, when I had to put her to bed on, on Monday, yeah, it's like not right now, maybe later. Um, when I had to put her to bed for the Monday nighter last week, she was like, but I, I can't watch the Jets score. And then this week I was like, don't worry, kid. Nobody, <laughs> nobody's watching the Jets score right now. <laughs> um, but it's cool that, uh, you know, she's starting to take an interest in that kind of stuff and, and can share it. It was my, it was our, well, I said my, it's our, my brother's and my dad's birthday over the weekend. So, you know, full D-Gen season at the Ponies and the racetrack, you know, mm-hmm. out there. Uh, I, I, I traditionally win $0. Maddie won one. Maddie won one on a on a on a horse that I was like I I made fun of him for because this guy always seems to get speed tickets at speed traps, and there was a horse called Speed Trap, and I was like, haha, Matt, Speed Trap, and he put money on it and won. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, like seventy five bucks. So yeah. essentially, Speed Trap paid for some of my other Speed, speed trap Traps. <laughs> so that was pretty cool. The first time the kid's been at the racetrack, and she, you know, I was worried she was going to get bored. She actually was pretty chill. She, well, she also had a lot of people there to like go talk yeah, to. Yeah, we had a like, lot of family there. The whole family, so yeah. She was kept pretty busy, um, but yeah, you know what? You know what amazes me about the the racetrack in 2023 is that, and okay, so first of all, the facelift at Woodbine is incredible. So, Dustin, we got to go one day. It's beautiful. Yeah, I heard there's a new casino there, but everything. It's not just the casino. It's the whole, the everything. I was actually look so I <laughs> I don't know I haven't been there yet but like when I saw like the advertisements of this new place being opened I, my bells immediately went off of like maybe a wrestling show in the casino you know like I haven't seen the event space yet but like if you I wanted to see if there's a way to tie more ties to like UFC and like how they do things and how their business works and how boxing business works and well, like that would make perfect sense I mean, of a wrestling promotion lounge. to run in a casino. 227 Lounge right across the street. Uh, so it, it writes itself. Yeah, but um, it's beautiful and uh, we should go because it is a lot of fun. Um, however, I'm still amazed that in 2023, the amount of like, I guess it's men too, but I think it's more apparent and obvious in women that do the the hat and like the, like it's just a random Saturday, but they're full Kentucky Derby garb down and they've reserved the bottom area of the track like right in front of the the turf and stuff the turf and stuff sounds like we would order at a shitty restaurant i'll have the surf and turf we don't have that we have the turf and stuff Hmm. um but they have couches down there now with like service and waiters and all these women probably like (laughs) and not as they're dressed are like dressed and like taking pictures with their phones like you know, and you can tell what it is like day at the the track with their sunglass, their prime sunglasses and uh, hats. But yeah, it's crazy Were that they do that just- whole like 
Southern Belle gimmick. Down right, there. but were you dressed up, or are you still just wearing like pants no, hanging was, off your ass and a Pikachu hat? Pretty much, yeah. I was just like, I actually had a Britney Spears T-shirt, so. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, it was just. I just found it interesting that that they live up to that kind of like stereotype, and then they probably, you know, wake up the next day for their shift at Forever Twenty One. Well, I remember Kings play, when man. when I went to UFC like a long time ago, like the first show in Toronto. Like UFC, I want to say it was 100, but maybe it wasn't 100. It was one at the Rogers Center, and I wore like business casual attire, like that's because that's what you do when you go to a fight, right? Um, yeah, boxing ringside, yeah, not like nosebleeds UFC. I wasn't nosebleeds. I was on the floor. Okay, I was uh, not too far away from where the Trailer Park Boys were sitting. That's okay. And were they in yeah. business casual? <laughs> no, they were. They were in. They were in character. So uh, yeah. But no, I'm talking like full, like Sunday like best. They were like, down there. Yeah, I'm just saying, like there are some places that people do that, even though like you don't necessarily expect them to do it, like especially in a sporting environment, right? Like I would expect it for like the Queen's Plate or like or like the Kentucky Derby, but this was just some random Saturday in September, you know, <laughs> at Woodbine Mall. <laughs> yeah, right. Like it's uh, is there the a bigger gully than Woodbine right across the street? So. The Woodbine Mall is so like grimy, dude. You don't grimy until wood- you've run a wrestling show at the Two Two Seven Lounge, sir. Oh yeah, yeah, it's a little weird. Last time I went to Woodbine Mall was uh, Stranger Things. I think season two or three happened. Ah, I think the season ice cream two. Gimmick. Yeah, where they turned that Baskin Robbins into the Scoops Ahoy. Yeah, that was pretty fun. It but pretty yeah, fun. that was the first time I'd ever been to that mall since I was a kid. And I'm like, wow, this has not changed at all since the 1990s. So the two two seven lounge was a strip club, and it was right next to it was right next to Woodbine, like right across from the the racetrack. And we we got the venue cheap because they weren't doing strippers anymore. They were doing like random Caribbean club nights. So we took empty nights and we gave them bar and food. Um, but we would have the change rooms downstairs, and it was pretty gross, man. And there was like that secret hallway that went all the way through the venue to the other side. Did you ever take that hallway? I have, I have no idea what you're talking about. So if you go down, oh, so, okay, so uh, this is make terrible radio, but whatever. If you go to the change rooms, you go downstairs, you go towards the back of the change room, and there was a hallway, and it had like the VIP rooms, which still had old oh. leftover oh. bottles of alcohol in them and like condom wrappers and shit in there. It was fucking disgusting. But the hallway nice. went all the way to the other side and came up into the kitchen, which is like <laughs> the weirdest it was also, ironically, also the venue we had Mickey James at. Yep. So. Yep, sure was. Um, is that place still around? That's still uh, still kicking. I think the building's there. I don't know that it's anything or anything's happening with it. But I mean, every once in a while, I drive by and I look at it. I'm like, oh, it was actually kind of a, a neat venue. I remember one. Uh, I was gonna like protect names here, but who gives a shit? I was gonna. I remember uh, Rob Fuego was saying to me. Oh, yeah, I used to go there all the time every Wednesday night because they were the only place in town that showed the TNA pay-per-views. And I'm like, really? <laughs> TNA, you went TNA. for the TNA pay-per-views. Yeah, okay. Well, you can just leave the TNA. pay-per-views oh, off sure. that. Yeah. Yeah, you went to the strip club to watch wrestling. Okay, buddy. Yeah. I, I, I believe that. The math checks out. I mean, Maddie? some some people go to the Rippers for wings, just saying. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> who was that in the NBA who, like, left the bubble uh, to go pick up food at a strip it was club friggin lou williams yeah lou will 
Former raptor. <laughs> former raptor. So I only got wings named after me there, man. I go there all the time just for the wings. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Sure. No, honestly, my weekend's relatively the same as Jim's. <laughs> I was at the track, made a little bit of money, watched some football on uh, Sunday, watched some rugby this weekend, Ireland dummy uh, their game again. So no, it was um pretty low-key weekend outside of that. I mean, it's kind of nice. I got like a week, I got a week and a half off from work coming up. And my plan is to get the office all decorated in order mm. and set up and everything like that. Get all my statues up, get all my figures up, get all that shit going. So hopefully we can do that. But no, nah, chill weekend. And like I said, watch football. I was up till 2.30 in the morning watching that Colorado versus Colorado State game, which yeah. we might discuss a little bit. But well, we can do that now. I was just going to say um, that was what I was going to say a part of my weekend too is like when I got home on Saturday night, it was late. Cause so I had a wrestling show on Saturday night at like six o'clock and um, I was like, Oh, six o'clock is perfect. There's no intermission. We're going to do six matches. We're going to be out of there by like eight 30 and we stopped to get something to eat on the way home. So that added a whole huge chunk of time. And then by the time I got home, it was closer to midnight. And I'm like, this fucking game is still going on. This is amazing. And then I tuned in just for overtime, and that game, it went to what, like double overtime. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Um, the uh, star of my trip last week, the the man who is well connected, who uh, kept getting me upgraded tickets. I, I think I told that story in last week's podcast, correct? Yeah. Um, he messaged me like during the football game, and he was saying, "This is the thing about being an American." You're up till midnight watching a football game, and I said, "But I said, buddy, <laughs> this is the thing about being a Canadian where I'm up till fucking two thirty in the morning watching the same football game." <laughs> I thought he was gonna be like, "Hey, man, you want tickets to the next Colorado game?" <laughs> I can sit, Not gonna I can lie. sit on the bench. I'm tempted to go out next year. What to Colorado to a game? Yeah, that would like be this that specific matchup of Colorado versus Colorado State, or you just any game in general. I mean, that matchup could, sounds intense. If you if I could make that matchup, yeah. But if not, I'll go to any game. Uh, I know they're playing Oregon this weekend, which is arguably their biggest test. Like TCU is a big test for sure, but Oregon's Oregon, and they're you know been consistently a top school for years. So it'll be a, it'll be a good game. But no, that game Saturday was just unreal. From all the shit leading up to the game during the week to. The celebrity showing it like you had the rock on the side. The rock was in the room. Little Wayne bringing the team out and you had like offset on the sidelines. Master P was there. Um, it was it was crazy. And the animosity at the start of the game, there's like scraps after Dude, every play that hit on Hunter is probably Hunter the worst, dirty. the dirtiest hit. How how that dude's not suspended or how, you know, well, he's they, getting death he lacerated. He lacerated his liver. He's getting doing death that. threats. He like someone leaked his phone number in his house, and like, I guess the Colorado State Police are now, um, are like have this guy under protection. Well, like I don't obviously condone that or think that's right, but no, you're kind of not surprised, you know. I mean, especially because it's yeah. kids too, right? Like, man, like you you had no business doing that. I mean, the ball was on the ground for a good three to four seconds. Yep. I mean, it's the equivalent to like a really late hit from behind in hockey. It was just, it was brutal. Dustin, did you see that one? I don't think I saw that part. So, oh. 
Sanders airs it out to his favorite target, Hunter. And it's 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 pretty much a vertical, right? Down the sideline. But and it goes he, way like a good yeah, five feet out of bounds. He overshoots Hunter by about three to five feet. And the ball hits the ground, bounces out of bounds, and then about a one Mississippi, two Mississippi, three Mississippi, and close to a four. This dude on Colorado State, I forget his name, comes in and just murders Hunter. Like right in the chest. And like it's it's pretty brutal. Um and he was gone. So yeah, it was, it was Henry Blackburn. Yeah. Now got now the kid's got a lacerated liver. Yeah. So Hunter's got a lacerated liver. He came. The thing was though, is he came back for a bit because he plays both sides of the ball. He's receiver and corner. Um. But it was yeah, it was a bullshit hit. Um. But outside of that, I mean, Colorado did not look good early in that game. Like they just looked off. Um. That Kamara, uh tackle for colorado state i would not be surprised if you see him in the nfl someday but he was causing havoc and his knees gave out like he went down early with his right knee came back with a brace on and then the left knee went and then after that they just they weren't the same um but man to for a college team like you kind of expect it from pros but from a university team to stay resilient in that kind of atmosphere in the hype of that game and to come back and win that game in double overtime, which is way more exciting than the NFL's overtime rules. Um, it, that's that shows some some seeds of greatness to be able to do that. And, well, and but like you said, they haven't played top tier talent yet, so we'll have to see. You know, but I have yeah. no doubt that they're at least going to be competitive. And it's it's rivaling, you know, more than some NFL teams like to watch and be at a Colorado game. So that's pretty cool. Um, but what can you say about, you know, the Sanders boys, you know, shooter Sanders making that drive 98 yards end of the game to win it. And then Shiloh with uh, the uh, pick six and the other interception. Like it's just, man, it's just, it was, it was one of the best football games I've seen in a long time outside of that KC Buffalo game a couple of years ago. And the thing is, like, we would not be talking about this game at all if it wasn't for Coach Prime, right? Like, I mean, the guy went in, he cleared going house. there, yeah. And then all the the angles that have happened around it, right? The whole sunglasses thing and the hat thing, and then ESPN getting behind it, and Pat McAfee's show is being broadcast live from there. Pat McAfee's show that had the Rock on the show and there and then the rock was on game day morning the next day i think it's called game day morning what the fuck it's called yeah. um yeah college game, day. college game day yes thank you and he's wearing a colorado jersey like this is we're talking about the biggest celebrity in the world wearing that uh jersey Dude, like, that's a they, big deal Deion sanders went in there and he cleared house of like 50 players yeah, they, they had the most good, transfers in history at to one get the time. fuck out of the program. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, and so and get on there. You, got, you have stones to do that, man. Yeah, and I mean, credit to Colorado for giving him the keys to the castle. You know, a lot of the problem in in college football is sometimes you don't know who's running the ship, right? Like it's very clear in Alabama, like it's Nick Saban running the ship, or Sarkeesian in Texas, right? But in a lot of places like is it the athletic directors or the coach like who is it so it's good that it's like i said it's very obvious they've given him the keys and you know we we kind of messaged about this but <clears throat> you said he said he's never leaving i mean 
I wouldn't put it past me if the Cowboys don't have some success in the next couple of years that Jerry Jones doesn't throw a stack of cash on that dude's table and says, how much? Or, or a blank check. Cowboys, maybe even the uh, Falcons. I mean, if the Falcons are really bad and that new coach they brought in, if Dion doesn't go there, you know, um, but you're right. Like he says, he's never leaving. But what happens in five years when what if his both his boys are gone? Yeah. And what if he puts that program in such a place where they're a top five team every year and things like that? And he because he's not a dude who's satisfied just status quo. Like there's always a next thing for him. Like he's but, one of those guys that chases greatness. Right. But college, I mean, college can be just as like look at Harbaugh in Michigan. Like he has no desire yeah. to leave. Right. Well, but Saban he went to, makes like 10, 10 and a half million a year. At but he also went to the NFL. So, I mean, there's something to be said about having done that. So I don't know, man. It'll be well, interesting to Nick see. Nick Saban where's... tried the NFL in, in Miami. No, you think Ur- Urban was... Meyer? No, Nick Saban. He, oh. he he coached Miami and he was bad. Urban like, Meyer went to uh, Jacksonville. Jacksonville and he was bad. Well, yeah. it just it wasn't a right fit. Well, so he was I, also I, I, groping yeah. some broad and <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know about groping, but he was uh, he was dancing. <laughs> so. Nick Saban uh, has a stable salary of $1.1 million each year. However, he gets a bulk of his salary through something called a talent fee. So for 2022-2023, his talent fee was $9.6 million. There you go. Making $10 bucks a year. I don't see why you'd go anywhere. Well, the Tide this year don't look like the Tide. They started as third ranked. Then they were down to 10th. And I think as of uh, this morning, they were further down to like 13, 14th. So... I mean, they're they're changing their quarterback. Um, you know, what's his name? Um, Milru or Milro or whatever. He's out, and the freshman's coming in. So they're scrambling right now. But, yeah, man, college ball is great. I love it. Before we move on to professional ball, I want to throw one more thing at you. Um, on Friday night, I went to a concert. It was an Octane-ass concert. It was the headline was Fame on Fire. Uh, Kingdom Collapse was the uh, co-headline. And then there's a local Toronto band that was the opener. As I was walking into this uh, dingy venue, it was uh, Velvet Underground, if you're familiar with the Toronto club scene. And I'm waiting to get in. And the fact that there's a line is ridiculous, but I'm waiting to get in. And the reason why there is a line is because the people at the front of the line have a stroller. They have a, a stroller complete with child. And all their all their shit is like f- like thrown in the stroller, right? Like they're looking through the basket, trying to find their wallet, trying to find their keys, trying to find their ticket, trying to find their uh, their ID because they have to get ID'd. I'm like, Jesus Christ, like, what are we doing, guys? Did the baby have like, headphones? Nope, sure didn't. Well, that's that's hearing damage. Yeah, right. I mean, there's there's a number of reasons why this is piss poor parenting. <laughs> like one, if you're going out like that, you might need to get a babysitter. Two, if you're not going to bring a babysitter, probably should put some headphones on this fucking kid. And three, why is there a stroller? Like, <laughs> pick up the kid and walk into the venue. I don't, I don't understand no, any of this. Strollers are so convenient as just carrying devices outside of the kid. Yeah, you can pack, you can pack a lunch in a stroller, man. Oh yeah, as evident by them not being able to find their tickets yeah. and or identification. Go off to the side at least. Like I get, like the, yeah, everything else is fine. Just go off to the side. Ready. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, that was uh, my first interaction with this. 
they were just sitting in the like, well, at least the mother was just sitting in the back with the kid like during the show i'm like what is going on maybe they're related here? to the band yeah that's what I'm, I'm hoping they're related to like the open the local opener but still yeah like i'll say maybe this, in the back door if well clearly she doesn't go back door she got a kid yeah uh if it was like if coheed announced that they were like done and they were doing a final tour and i had to bring like the wife and the kid i would do it different scenario yeah but you're putting you put have i've seen kids at shows i've seen i have but they always have headphones yeah. those big massive yes. yeah we have fine. a set for bell yeah. yeah but that's a in that situation that you're describing maddie you're talking about a band that is relatively well known enough that it's going to be a big venue it's going to be maybe an outdoor venue maybe it's going to be uh, a bit more opened in space mm-hmm. whereas this is a small it's a yeah, velvet, velvet underground, underground <laughs> it's pretty pretty tight <laughs> there's like it's like a hundred people tops you fit in this building so um I, uh, anyways i always like to throw those at you guys because i don't have children so i, under, I understand <laughs> that maybe my views are tainted on this whole thing and maybe i'm, I'm the asshole but there's time for you yet man one day you know what for all this you're going to be dropped with a kid that's what's going to happen I'm, I'm calling it well fingers crossed um, <laughs> nevertheless we need to uh check in on some professional football but before we do that, I need to tell you about our sponsor, because this episode is brought to you by Now Your Treasures. Now Your Treasures are purveyors of licensed fine art prints for movies, comics, TV, and video games. Sourced from galleries in the U.S. and U.K., which include artists from all over the world. Visit Now Your Treasures on Instagram and send the DM 43.6 so you can receive 43% off any order. All those orders are shipped with tracking and complimentary insurance. View the entire ever-expanding inventory at nowyourtreasures.ca or .com. That's N-O-W-Y-O-U-R-T-R-E-A-S-U-R-E-S dot C-A or .com. And remember, go to Now Your Treasures on Instagram. Send a DM 43.6 to receive 43% off your next order. Now, um, before we get into all the matchups and the wins and losses and all the storylines coming out of the NFL in week two, we do have to quickly mention, not sponsored by FanDuel, what our picks resulted in. So if you recall on last week's episode, Maddie picked the Browns over the Steelers, which has yet to happen as of this time of recording. So we will have to check in next week on that one before we get there. <clears throat> However, two things have remained the same. One of those things is that I am always right. And that means my pick of the Miami Dolphins over the New England Patriots paid. I am now two for two on the season. What also has remained true is that just don't listen to James because he picked the Chargers over the Titans and that did not did not pay. So James is now 0-2 on the season. So but they I am undefeated. bad picks, man. <laughs> No, like, the Chargers. Yeah. The Chargers are a mess right now. <laughs> they are. Well, that's the thing. Like at the time when we made the pick, um, it was still like I wouldn't even say it was questionable. Questionable. Dude, the I NFL would say it was is upside down, and we'll go into it this week. But they're upside down. We didn't know that Austin Eckler was going to miss that game. Um, and he sure did. And I think there was, and we'll get into it in a bit more detail. But I think they definitely proved that they need Austin Eckler. However, 
week two kicked off on Thursday. It was the Minnesota Vikings and the Philadelphia Eagles. This game took place, of course, in the home of WrestleMania 40. The Eagles came out with the victory, of course. What I think was interesting, Kirk Cousins, 364 yards and four four touchdowns. Yeah, and I have him and Jalen Hurts. And I was like, there's no way Cousins is putting up more than Hurts. And he fucked me in fantasy because he got like five more points. Yeah, I don't know how much I want to talk about fantasy this week because I'm sitting on, I'm, I'm staring at two losses right now in, in two different leagues. And I'm very upset about that right now. Basically, as uh, one of the games that's happening right now, I need uh, Miles Sanders to put up about 60 points. So if Miles Sanders can score about seven touchdowns tonight, um, I, I will be okay. But barring that, it's, it's going to be an unfortunate week for me. The Eagles, um, not a dominant performance, of course, but they are 2-0 and starting the season. Vikings are 0-2. I don't know if we expected the Vikings to start out 0-2, but they've had a bit of a rough go in the first couple weeks. I did. <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah, I, I, the Vikings did. win week one. So. No, but like, I mean, I'll, I'll say this. In our preview, I said, don't believe in the Vikings. I don't think they're going to be good in this division. And yes, I understand, we but like, the I'm, looking at our weekly, I'm looking at our weekly picks, and you picked I the Minnesota Vikings saying, to beat the Buccaneers in week one. But it one, does, so. also doesn't surprise me that they're 0-2 is what I'm saying. Okay. Are you That's fucking all. kidding me? Jamal Jamal Williams is hurt, and I have him in fantasy, and I needed oh. him to have a big game, and I needed him to get a fucking touchdown for my parlay. God, we also, okay. we also like Jamal Williams because he's an anime guy. Oh yeah, for sure. But I like this week. I, I know we're gonna get into the full NFL picture. I just want to get off the top of this. Fuck Jamar Chase because <laughs> that dude's done shit for me in two weeks. I'm gonna trade him. So. Dustin, Jim, if you're interested, I'm putting I'm him on this the This guy block. says, fuck this guy. You want him? <laughs> no, I, I have no interest in uh, any Cincinnati Bengals. Um, what I'm, I found funny, and I, we'll, we'll get to that game. Actually, you know what? Let's just skip ahead to that game because I thought it was pretty funny when the predictions came out of all the, uh, the analysts. I think it was on ESPN. And you don't have to have their big panels of guests and analysts and former players and former coaches and they all pick who they think is going to win this particular game. They had like eight people on this panel and every single one of them said the Cincinnati Bengals at home are going to beat the Baltimore Ravens. And <laughs> when the Ravens end up winning that game, they had posted like this thing on Instagram was showing like every single person who said Bengals and like them just doing a shrug. Like, <laughs> I do love a good troll job though. Not going to lie. Honestly, and look, on my actual parlay that I built, that obviously did not win because that happens, but I did I did get this game right. I was looking at these, these matchups, and I was saying, you know what? I have not liked what I've seen out of the Bengals so far this year. Like, I don't know. That performance against the Browns week one, I don't know how you can look at that team and say, oh, yeah, they'll, they'll turn it around. Well, I mean, listen, it's very apparent that Joe Burrow is way behind schedule. Having not a training camp injury, what have you, there's probably a good chance maybe the guy's still injured or something. But everything in that offense just looks off. And it's weird because they, I mean, not two years ago, Jamar Chase was the guy. I mean, T. 
Higgins was serviceable. He had two touchdowns. Or he had one touchdown or two touchdowns? He won. Oh, Higgins had at least two because he scored 20 fantasy points against me. So, um, You know, Joe Mixon was scoring six touchdowns a game or whatever. 89 years and two touchdowns for T. Higgins. You know, so it looked like this, you know, and the criticism for the Bengals was, and it still is, the O-line, but their defense does not look good. Their offense does not look good. I mean, they Joe Burrow just cashed in a massive contract. I don't know, man. If I something's got to give in Cincinnati because they they can't go back to being the old Bengals of the the mid two thousands. Like oh, that that franchise want... has come too far. What, what's his name? The Andrew Andy, Dalton? Andy, Andy Dalton? Dalton. Oh man, that was one of my favorite tweets I saw yesterday. Of like. Andy D- <laughs> Joe Burrow after getting his new haircut and it's just yeah. a picture of Andy Dalton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw that one. That's funny. I'll, I'll, I'll say this. I think the Bengals get two more weeks and if it looks bad, just they're honestly sit Burrow for the rest of the year. Let him take a year off completely heal. There's no they point. Can. If you're 0-4. No, no if you're can't you're do that 4, with the guy who's making a quarter of a billion dollars. Okay, but he's making a quarter of a billion dollars for a long time. So oh, do I'm not to- saying I don't disagree with you. And I'm not saying it probably does him and the team better in the long run than to subject each other to fucking garbage for the rest of the year. However, like you said, they pay and they, at the end of the day, Cincinnati Bengals still have to sell tickets. And I don't know, you know, who's going to come watch. I don't even know who's the backup in Cincinnati. So, I mean, Joe Burrow was the highest paid quarterback. Is he now? Yeah. I don't know anymore. It's a little murky because oh, yeah, of Mahomes is restructuring. Yeah, yeah. They just restructured Patrick Mahomes contract today. And it like the you're headline the I was paid, reading is saying he you're the highest paid quarterback till the next guy's contract. So pretty much. Yeah. Right. You know, like Lamar. So, was okay. So here's con- here's context for Pat Mahomes. Uh, restructured his agreement, giving him 210.6 million between 2023 and 2026, the most money in NFL history over a four season span. His compensation for those years is now guaranteed. The quarterback's agent told ESPN. Right. So, but anyways, they're making a lot of money. Deservedly (laughs) so. Like, I mean, if you're Mahomes and that deal comes out for Burroughs, you get on the phone to your agent and say, we're restructuring my deal. I'm a two time MVP, a two time Super Bowl winner, a Super Bowl MVP fix this well it's not just mahomes right like it it was or see not just burrow but like you had lamar jackson get a huge contract jalen hurts got a huge contract right so if i'm pat mahomes i'm like hey man yeah yeah, herbert guy doing nothing you're looking i'm looking at all these other guys who are who have potential to do something but like i've already given you two super bowls so and i'm better than all of them so something needs to change here uh there is there is definitely some change happening in green bay uh for a while they look like what I mean by for a while, like three quarters of this game, it looked like they were uh, handily walking towards a 2-0 and start with something no one would have expected with uh, a qu- big question mark at quarterback. But they found a way to give up 13 unanswered points in the fourth quarter and lost that game 25-24. I was shocked, honestly. Like, I went, I was, I watched all the 1 o'clock games, and around 4 o'clock I had to go out, and the game, I figured... Like in my parlay, I'm like, all right, Green Bay won, perfect. Baltimore won, perfect. And then I come back later, I'm like, wait a minute, how did I lose this thing? And it was because the Atlanta Falcons came back, and definitely not something I was expecting. The Falcons are two and zero. Falcons <laughs> have a, an incredible backfield. Yes, they do. Ali J and B. Uh, Bijan Robinson are are dynamic. Like, 
as a tandem. Yeah. And yeah, also Rob, to, Jordan, 19 Jordan, carries for 124 yards. Jordan Love caught that game up though. Yeah, you know, you know what? Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's there's that meme going around. There was like, I've never seen a player more drunk, and it's him stumbling into his his line since the butt fumble. Mark Sanchez. It's, <laughs> it was pretty funny. Um, but if you didn't I see think, it, yeah. Sorry, ahead. if you didn't see it, Jordan Love went to uh, line up behind center and just tripped Trips. over himself, and then fell into the offensive line. It did look like he was legitimately drunk. Yeah. yeah. But I think all the questions about whether Jordan Love is legit or not are probably, for the most part, silenced. I mean, look what the guy is able to accomplish when your number one target is Romeo Dobbs. I mean, Christian Watson's out, right? Um, and uh, what's his name? Is Hurt, your boy? Aaron, is Aaron Jones? Oh, right. Oh, yeah. yeah that was, uh, thanks for reminding me about that one. That was a late scratch. And I picked up uh, Dylan as the the replacement, thinking, you know, Dylan is the the number two on that depth chart. I don't see why he wouldn't get all the touches that Jones normally gets. Uh, I mean, he did get 15 carries for a total of 55 yards. So it was a very uh, eventful day for my fantasy football team. So pretty much anything I touched did not go the way I wanted it to. Much like how the Raiders had a game not go the direction they wanted it to go. Um, I think this is absolutely what the Buffalo Bills needed after their week one performance. They needed to show that they are still a powerhouse. Now, I think I texted you guys like at the beginning of the game. Where I'm like, do the Bills suck now? Because <laughs> at the, the beginning of that game was a little sketchy. It, it was it was looking a little rough. There were two lines that I was like, these are stupid. And I guess maybe I just don't know football. I was like. The Jets line is stupid. I'm like, they beat the Bills, and now they're eight and a half dogs. And what well, we saw, we'll get to that. And then they saw the Bills were like nine and a half or something. It's like 13 point favorites. I'm like, this is ridiculous. Uh, and they demolished the Raiders. But here's the thing again, going back to the whole DGEN season, full DGEN season, I had Bills to cover or to win. I took Bills' money line because I didn't believe in the line. But I also had Stefan Diggs as an anytime touchdown scorer. That so everybody I. on the fucking Bills scored a touchdown but Stefan Diggs. Yeah, and you know what? Too. It's because the Raiders covered no one except Stefan Diggs. So Gabe Davis is like, yeah, I'll take it. I'll take it. Dawson <laughs> Keep Knox. throwing the ball to Gabe Davis. You shit talking Dawson <laughs> Knox. Mangus touchdown. Yeah. Well, no, 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 no. I'm not necessarily shit talking Dawson Knox. I'm shit talking the fact that you have three tight ends on your roster. That is what I'm shit talking. And do me a favor, uh, go check a, take a look at your roster right now and total up all the points you got from your tight ends this week. And I'll now put that up against... How much you get from your tight end, Mark Andrews? I'm, I'm just I saying... Got, no, he's my tight end. I'm saying. I don't he's need three of them that suck. That's all I, I'm saying. He got 10.5. Who, Mark Andrews? Yeah. Perfect. There you go. Unless you're Travis Kelsey or Mark Andrews, you should not be uh, spending any draft capital on a tight end. But nevertheless... Or Kittle, no, or Kittle's a good option too. Kittle's I okay. I had 18 points from tight ends, all three. Okay. And I bet I could look at a wide receiver on my bench who got more points than that. So. Yeah, hey, speaking of on. wide receivers on the bench, I had Nico Collins and he was on the bench and had a 21 point game. I love <laughs> when the bench is the magical mystery realm where guys that you have no in- interest in putting in your starting lineup will have an incredible game. And then you put them in your starting lineup and they have a shit game. It's, yeah, the dirt it's really strange how that works out. Yeah, I could have I could have subbed Chase out for Collins, which would have been the smart move. But then if I had done that, everyone would have been like, you're insane. But that's a weird theme this year. Like going back to this Bills game and, and a little bit to the Bengals. These premier 
receivers aren't performing. Well, Tyreek Hill is. True. Yeah. But I mean, that dude's a speed. We'll get to that game after. But it yeah. just feels Devontae like Adams is not doing too bad. It feels like there's some premier players that just aren't. And, you know, I mean, Cups hurt. Maybe it's just the, I don't know. Maybe it's just the like the, the football gods dealing out weird hands. But it just feels like there's a group of high-end players that just don't feel like they're, they've clicked. One of the high-end wide receivers for sure is Amon Ross St. Brown, who had a heck of a game. He had, like, what was it? Six receptions for 102 yards. Like, that was a hell of a game for him. But the Lions just came up short against the Seahawks. That was actually a really fun game to watch. Really good yeah, game. Was. As that game started, I think one of the, either one of the analysts or the play-by-play guy said, like, keep an eye on this game because every time these te- teams play each other, they're always, like, over 80 points total. And this came close, 37-31. It was a bit of a shootout, especially in the fourth quarter there where the, both teams were trying to catch up. Um, unfortunately, Montgomery looks like oh. he might be hurt. I think, yeah, he's... Oh. I haven't he got carted off too. and... Yeah, he got carted off and he had ice on his knee. You never like to see that. Well, I don't know what the Lions are going to do without him. Like he I'll was tell a, you. Like, it's only been two it's, games, but he's been such an instrumental part of that offense in those two games. Well, he's he's a pound the rock up the middle, right? And it gives but now it's it's Jameer Gibbs season. So if you're uh if you're the Lions, like you know and it's funny because David Montgomery, like I feel like the, the Lions offense suited him so well because they have you know, when he was in Chicago, they had no wideout threats. So, like, you just fill the middle of that field so that he wasn't going anywhere. In in Detroit, the offense is so spread out. And it'll be even more spread out when Jamal Williams gets back. But he, it was a perfect situation for him. And I was, he was playing really well. Real big bummer to watch him go down. But, like, huge opportunity. Dude, huge opportunity not just for Jameer Gibbs. But for the Lions to justify taking this man. Yeah, it's a great point. Uh, next game, Chargers, <laughs> yep, Titans. <laughs> I have nothing else to add to that. I mean, well said. Uh, the Chargers and Titans. This was James's pick of the week. Ugh. Which, of course, you know, that means the Chargers are not going to win. They are now 0-2. Uh, the Tennessee Titans led of course by Derrick Henry King Henry as it were 25 carries for 80 yards and a score Keenan Allen though like you know the Chargers are such a strange team to me because when you look at them offensively you know I know Austin Eckler missed this game but with Mike Williams and Keenan Allen and everyone saying Justin Herbert going to be MVP this year and I mean for a guy who put up 305 yards and a couple scores he looked pretty good that's it's the just, thing. He looks good every game. And then they just don't win. Keenan Allen had eight receptions for 111 yards and two scores. Eight receptions, 111 yards and two scores. And Fuck. just not enough. Um, look, it's hard to win games on the road. I don't think we talk about that enough in football. That it's legitimately harder to win games on the road than it is at And home. again, so, in the season preview, I also said people are underestimating the Tennessee Titans. I think Tennessee still a half-decent team, and I think still a threat to make the playoffs. Tannehill sucks, the, but... I yeah, that's what I was going to say. Tannehill is not uh, helping your cause, but I, I get what you're saying. The Buccaneers are a team that I think no one gave a lot of credit to either, uh, myself included. Now, 
I don't know if I said it to you guys last week, but I'm like, is is Baker Mayfield good now? Because again, like, okay, not a lot of touchdowns, but he threw for 317 yards. And did you hear the story I mean, about Baker? What's the story about him reading the signs? Like he picked up this in week one. He and during the game he picked up the defensive signs and he was telling his team they're running this, they're running that, they're running this, and he was he was able to pick apart. The, like mid game, he was able to pick signs, like record them in his head, uh, recognize them, and then run offense based on what he saw, which is wild. Like it takes some coaches ninety percent of the game to figure that shit out. Some don't ever figure that out. This guy's in the game. Yeah, we like to make fun of Baker because you know he was a high draft pick. He was on the Cleveland Browns, and the Browns will perpetually suck, and will will suck for the rest of our our existence. Like that's just so a law. He saw you. No, it's like it's like water or dinosaurs. It's just a law. It's just a thing. Um, that's a, a joke from the league. You should everyone should watch that show if you haven't seen it. Do you remember when Baker said he saw UFO? <laughs> Go look up that no. clip. He claims him and his wife saw UFO. It's pretty funny. Well, actually, I mean, it's there's not funny a lot now. of UFO talk going He's on. He's probably right now. right now. He's we should probably just believe him. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I'll say this though. I don't. I don't have like Baker's got to do it over a full season. Do you know what I mean? Like. For sure, yeah. Come, and also, like, come at me at like week six, week seven, with the Baker Mayfield talk because I wouldn't be surprised if all of a sudden Tampa loses five straight, and then everyone's like, "Yeah, for sure, Baker's what we thought he was." <laughs> and that's what I was saying. Like, the NFL's upside down right now. Like, there's a lot of things that are happening that don't make sense. And I feel like usually it's week one where it's like, "Whoa, things are fucked," and then you kind of settle in by week two. I, th- I feel like the things are fucked has carried over into week two. Something that is a bit fucked that we don't normally see is the Kansas City Chiefs playing a random one o'clock game. And I think every game from here on out, they are on prime time in some way, whether it's Monday Night Football or Thursday Night Football or Sunday Night Football or the uh, the prime, the, you know, the Fox special game on four o'clock or whatever the fuck they're playing on Thanksgiving or whatever the case. Um, in this particular case, I think it's because they were playing the Jacksonville Jaguars <laughs> and um, but with Trevor Lawrence, they sh- that should have been a primetime game. Like you have one of the next great quarterbacks on a team that's actually probably going to make the playoffs and be decent in the Jags against the current, you know, poster boy of the NFL. That should have been a primetime game. Well, that game should have maybe. been better than it was. Yeah, that was not a good game at all, though. So in that case, it worked out well for the NFL because, yeah, yeah it was an ugly game. And what well, was like uh, 115 degrees in Florida and they were playing that game. You know, there was someone, someone showed me a video the other day. I don't think it was Jacksonville. I think it was Miami of how the, the air conditioning works in that stadium and how it's like exclusively on the home team side. Yeah. So they had like two uh, thermometers set up, but like, here's what the home bench feels like. And here's what the away bench feels like. And the way like the overhang comes the, down, the sun is for the dolphins. Yeah. It was, okay. Yeah, it's and wild. it's like it's noticeable, noticeably like twenty degrees Fahrenheit hotter on the away side than it is on the home side. Yeah. So you know they used to do shit like that in the NHL, and it actually got written into the CBA that you're not allowed to do that. And like the league bylaws. So like what they used to do is like the change rooms, the water used to only be cold water, 
in the visitors oh change rooms they used to put the uh shavings from skate blade sharpenings on the other teams like the floor of the bench like you couldn't see it because it's so microscopic but they would like dump them there so it would dull the blades as guys are standing on the bench and so they have to like <laughs> like there's stupid shit they used to do and now it's like written in the bylaws that they have to be like a certain standard unless you're in arizona and then you just dress in a hallway with curtains barely a hallway yeah. actually <laughs> i think it was a tent <laughs> yeah but yeah, this uh, game wasn't pretty. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, man, I just feel like I'm waiting for him to do something. Yeah. And I haven't seen it yet. Every time, and you know what? By the end of it, it wasn't horrible. Pacheco got 70 yards on 12 carries. But every time I saw Pacheco with the balls, like I just feel like I saw him get stopped at the line, and I laugh every time. Because every, every year... That came someone... off two runs, though. That's what happened. Is like, that what it was? Won, okay. The A1 breakthrough run. Because, yeah, cause every time I saw Pacheco get the ball, I'm like, this guy just can't break it through. And I'm not saying he's not good or anything. It's just the Kansas City offense, like, not since Jamal Charles, have I seen a running back who's actually thrived in that system. They are a pass-first offense. Yeah. And the running backs are always going to be victims of that. So it, I had to chuckle every time because last year I had Pacheco on my fantasy team and it drove me up the fucking wall. And now I don't have it have him so i i, uh, I laugh I every yeah. oh i know it makes me laugh even more <laughs> <laughs> you know um, though he he has their future back in kansas and the ball's either going to travis kelsey or he's gonna run it like, dude he's gonna have the, a big season did you see the call on travis kelsey's touchdown I uh, the sure did <laughs> the blank space <laughs> he found some blank space in the end zone like this I an eagle motherfucker. What a call. Beautiful. Honestly, though, like, you know, Chiefs fans are like, no, hearing that he's dating, dating Taylor Swift. What do you mean? No, I, I mean, that's pretty awesome, actually. I well, think Chiefs fans are heartbroken. He's going to get heartbroken in five months and then he's going to go and on hear a song album. about it. Listen, I can't wait for the next Taylor Swift album to hear all these stories, like, have an entire album written around. It's, it's either going to be. It's either going to be Big D Kelsey or Kelsey's a piece of shit. That's what the uh, songs are going to be about. I mean, there seems to be a trend with her albums, right? So I can't wait for the fallout of this. Uh, Pat McAfee was talking about that on his show last week where he's like, dude, you represent football. Like, you got to be the most like, you are, like, I know you already are a nice guy, but you like got to be you Real don't want to be the subject of next yeah. album. That's all yeah. I'm saying. It's, right? almost yeah. as, it's almost like the Madden curse. Like, you, you have yeah. to. Yeah, I'm going to. I'm going to ask you guys a question because, and this is completely outside of football. It's just more on the Taylor Swift topic. What would happen? Like, could you imagine the war of fandom? If Taylor Swift dated somebody from BTS and they broke up and it was like an ugly breakup, bruh, the war that would occur would be cataclysmic. It'd be, unreal. I can't, I can't imagine Taylor Swift dating someone from BTS. No, but that's it. The point is the, the point isn't like it's going to happen or whatever I'm saying. Hypothetically, if it were to just because like Taylor Swift fans are crazy, but K-pop stands are like next yeah. level. Like they she, bought yeah. out all the tickets to a Trump event. To, so it was like <laughs> so it'd be 5% capacity. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like I just, I just want to see it. What if, what if the chiefs go to the Super Bowl and Taylor Swift performs? Oh, Yay. And then they lose, and then it's a swift curse. Oh my god! If they lost imagine? and she performed, and That'd the Chiefs were, what oh, if he was the were... guest in the halftime? <laughs> what if he goes up and does a number? 
in gear or or what if she's there obviously because she's performing and it's two seconds left they're down by six throws the ball he's wide open and he drops it Oof, and then she breaks up with him oh yeah and then she breaks up with him being like you know can't you can't a loser. Close. yeah can't a loser, loser like you kelsey what if it ends up being the eagles and chiefs again and the game-winning touchdown is scored by deandre swift oh <laughs> That'd be funny. Yeah, that would be awesome. And he like he go and he and then so he scores the touchdown and then he runs over to the sideline and hands the ball to Taylor Swift. Oh, that Ooh. would it's his phone number on the ball Ooh. and hands it to her. That would be like I would say this that might go down as the greatest troll job in sports history if that were to happen. If the stars were to align and the gods were to grace us with such a scenario, huh? That'd be. Funny. I'd have to get a new pair of pants after that. That'd be funny. The Indianapolis Colts need uh, a new pair of pants because they almost pooped them uh, against the Texans. It looked Listen, like there for a mi- Minshew mania, baby. Minshew mania. <laughs> uh, honestly, it was it was going great. Yeah, until Richardson got hurt. And I was like, oh, <laughs> this could be a problem. But uh, the Texans are a, a, a dog shit team. So the boy has a concussion. I feel terrible. I mean, I know it's uh it's real unfortunate, but like, how is it that Gardner Minshew comes into every team and starts leading them to wins? He did it. Yeah, in- you know what? Talk about a curse. Look, it's good to have Gardner Minshew on your team, but he gets a lot of opportunities from hurt quarterbacks. I feel like he's like Nancy <laughs> Kerrigan back there waiting he's with a, a wrench. He's Ryan Fitzpatrick. <laughs> well, I don't know. Fitzpatrick was more like, oh, it's or the Nick season Foles. starts next week. We need a quarterback. Or he's, I- he's Nick Foles. Yeah, well, right. Nick Foles might be a Jet. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I I don't know, man. It's let's listen. The the Colts. I mean, it's just it's such a bummer about Richards. Like, yeah. You want like the Colts are the team where you don't inherently dislike. You know, you're just like cool. They're the Colts. You kind of yeah, you want them to do well. You don't dislike them. You don't care if they. Well, the owner's kind of a prick, but yeah. But, but I don't hate the team. Like I don't. I don't ever look at that team and go, "Fuck, I hate the Colts." Yeah, who's that? Jim Irsay? Yeah. Is that it? Yeah. No, like, yeah, it it sucks that when, you know, so much promise and Richardson goes down like that. It's just, I don't know, man. It's just, it's a weird. Like, there's a lot of guys getting hurt very early in this season. Like notable guys. You know, earlier in the week when I was submitting all my waiver wire pickups. I was looking at Zach Moss and I'm like, I really want to add Zach Moss, but I don't have the room for him. I'm hoping he doesn't have like a, a, an incredible game and someone else picks him up. And before the game started, Maddie picked him up. And I'm like, well, fuck. I hope <laughs> Zach Moss has a horrible game. And Zach Moss had 18 carries with for 88 yards and a touchdown. So I'm pretty sure he would have outperformed every single person that I picked up on the waiver wire this week combined. So if you were one of those people that picked up Zach Moss, uh, congratulations to you. That was uh, a pleasant surprise. And hopefully you added them to your starting lineup because I don't no, know. If I didn't get him. Wasn't did? I thought you picked him up. No, it was uh, somebody else in the league. But yeah, no. he is 16 points. He went off for. But so no, I scored. I got I got Collins and I picked, oh, right, yeah, okay. I picked up Nick, uh, Nico Collins and uh, Zay Jones, who 
ended up getting hurt. So that was probably what I saw. I think I saw the Z and I assumed it was. Uh, yeah, Zach no, Moss. I got Zay Jones and now I'm probably gonna have to drop him because he's gonna be it for like three, four weeks. Someone who also scored a ton of points this week, uh, Christian McCaffrey. That's what he does. Ugh, 116 yards and a touchdown on 20 carries. Um, that led the 49ers to a 30 to 23 victory over the Rams, who again just fed the ball to Nakua. Like just, and who you know what? Probably one of the coolest names in the NFL right now is Puka Nakua. Like yeah. that's just fun to say. Um. I don't know exactly what the stat sounds was. like an NXT name. No, a Florida Championship Wrestling name. It sure does. Yeah, yeah. he should be teaming with CJ Parker. <laughs> Leaky versus Puka Nakua. Who was the guy with the the sunglasses? And he was like a Polynesian dude, and he had like absolutely no body, long hair, and they gave him. I don't remember the guy's name. Troy Polamalu. No, sorry, I'm talking about NXT wrestler. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's gonna come to me later, but or someone's like yelling at their. Uh, their phone right now as I'm trying to come up with this guy's name. Anyways, uh, Puka Nakua, yeah, had a ton of yards on 15 receptions, 147 yards. He now has, I think they said, the most receptions ever in the NFL after two games. As a rookie, yeah. As a rookie, yeah. In like a two-game career. Like, that's just absolute insanity. Uh, didn't help the Rams win, though. So they're going to have to figure that one out. But but they seem to have figured out a spread-out offense without Cooper Cup. Like, Tutu Atwell, not doing so bad. Puka Nakua, not doing so bad. Like they seem well, to have figured didn't out. Play either. Sorry, Nakua almost didn't play either. They seem to have figured out like a little bit of a distribution of the ball in his absence. So, you know, maybe the Rams will be okay when when Cup gets back. But, um, though, man, You're the Forty Nine are just so fucking. Back. Sorry, You're waiting I need for to Cup back. to come yeah. back. It's my first round pick. I need. Uh, I don't need, but I definitely don't need. But how good are the 49ers? Like, the 49ers are just good. All Well, how good is Brock Purdy? I think Brock Purdy's cleared 30 points in, like, most of his games. Yeah, but, like, I could, with that team, clear 25 points per game. And Run CMC is the ageless wonder. Like, everyone was writing that dude off in Carolina, saying he's busted, he's older, he's got nothing in... San Fran, like it's like a renaissance for that guy. That guy had like the fountain of youth. He's just demolishing teams, and he's he's gonna play the Giants on Thursday, huh? That morning sourdough bread, and he's gonna play the Giants on Thursday. Ooh, what a trash panda team the Giants are. Well, the Giants did actually end up winning their game against the Arizona Cardinals. Now, no one no one expected the Arizona Cardinals to win it. They almost didn't. They had to score seventeen points in the fourth quarter to get it done. Uh, Daniel Jones, though, 321 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, James Con- or <laughs> James Conner, 106 yards and a touchdown, 23 carries. Like He's one of the few guys trying to win games out there in Arizona. <laughs> I don't think he got the message. that. Uh, and uh, Saquon might be toast for a couple weeks. Yeah, yeah that's that, rough. He's had three weeks with an ankle sprain. Ankle sprain. I know all about it. I sprained my ankle about a couple months ago. And I, I thought it was because they play on Thursday this week. Uh, the Giants and against the 49ers for fuck's sake. And I saw like some people on Twitter like, oh, he can come back, right? It's no, no problem. He's It's just a mild sprain. No, no. that, that you, you're not going to be walking. Did you hear the NFL is looking into and filing agreements with the NFL PA saying that running backs are faking injuries yep. to uh, increase leverage on their value? Yep. 
I saw that. It's it's an interesting allegation. Right? Because, like, to me, if you're not playing, then you're not... Like, it's a weird dichotomy of, yeah, you protect yourself, but at the same time, if you look injury-prone, then no one's going to want you. Like, it's it's a weird play. Well, okay, but here's the way it does work, though. And I guess I said I was going to talk about it, and I never did, so I guess we can do it now. If we go back to that Chargers and Titans game... um. Austin Eckler not on that roster is a significant downgrade. Like I picked up and started Josh Kelly thinking he was going to get all the touches and he did, but like he didn't do what Austin Eckler would do. So if what the league is alleging that a guy like Austin Eckler, who was very vocal about uh, equal or adjusted pay for running backs in the offseason, yeah. I'm not accusing Austin Eckler of anything. I'm just saying from the NFL's perspective, if they look at that and say, maybe Eckler could have went, and now he's proving that his backup or his third string can't get the job done like he can, and it's elevating his value that way. That's what I guess is what they're trying to say. I'm not saying I'm on the other side of this. I just I can see the I can see their point. Is all I'm I mean, saying. it's potentially the, the the I just this is stuttered. Uh, potentially the Lamar Jackson uh, thing, right? Where I mean, there was definitely some chatter about him not playing towards the end of the season to protect himself as an investment knowing full well the Ravens weren't going to replace him with anybody better than Lamar Jackson no right so I do get it from that perspective this was fun to watch just for me because I like to see the Jets uh, spin their tires (laughs) and look the Dallas Cowboys defense is the real deal I know the Jets have a good defense too, but that that Dallas defense is scary. Well, they didn't play very well on Sunday at all. The Jets defense, no. Um, but it's the Cowboys. Yeah, I know it's early, and obviously all of this is early. But the Cowboys look real good. Don't say it. Um, Ceedee Lamb looks good, and Micah Parsons yes. looks good. Like, oh, yeah. what they've done by putting Micah Parsons. Basically, he li- he lines up with the linebackers, right? Like he's he's basically he's so fast and he's so shifty that it's just pressure all the time, and you don't need him to cover anybody because like, he's just that good, right? Like, and you watch him. I was again, I was watching the Jets' offensive line. Parsons is turning corners and stopping and, and shifting direction on a dime that these dudes just can't. Like, they're literally reaching and missing Parsons every single time. Like, there's nothing they can do. And that's going to be the downfall of this Jets offense this year will be that um, good pass rushers are not going to be able or are going to run roughshod over this O-line. And it's 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 super frustrating to watch. And, uh, yeah, I mean, what's nice to see is that after that game – the team seems to have rallied around Zach. Like they weren't shitting on him. They were actually they were saying that it's not his fault. You remember end of last year, everyone was like, "Fuck this guy." Um, they they not seem to to be that way anymore. A couple interesting notes though. Sauce Gardner deleted his ex account because people were roasting him, saying he was getting cooked by Ceedee Lamb. I mean, if you watch the game, Ceedee Lamb wasn't even lined up against Sauce Gardner for any of his stuff. So. I That's, think Garrett Wilson also like deactivated his Twitter or something like that. Yeah, and then Brees Hall had a lot to say about only having four carries. 
Um, he actually said that was yeah. the reason they lost was because he had only four touches, which I do kind of agree with. I mean, you can't spread the offense out if you're not going to to run the ball with one of the more talented running backs in the league. So, But, I mean, if you're playing catch-up, it's hard to commit to the run. So It is. I get it. And Dalvin Cook was not good. Um, he actually hasn't been good this year. He's basically been a non-factor so far. Um, yeah, I mean, there were some there were some bright spots in terms of, you know, um, Zach had those two. I had that series where he had two runs, I think, for about thirty yards, which was nice to see him not panic throwing the ball into coverage or whatever. I uh, kind of beginning to take what the defense gives them a little bit but yeah they're gonna uh, they're gonna have to figure it. luckily they pay the patriots on sunday who are horrendous so hopefully that's a confidence builder uh speaking of horrendous th- the next game is uh i don't think we'll spend too much time on because no one uh, cared to watch this game the commanders and broncos uh they played a football game you never know it but they played one yeah. on sunday as well oh good uh the interesting note is that Russell Wilson threw for like over 300 yards and three touchdowns. Like, it's something to keep an eye on. Like, if Russell Wilson all of a sudden like is back, it, that would be interesting to say the least. Hey, Sean Payton effect, right? Maybe, yeah. Maybe he he can unlock the old Russell Wilson. Um, well, he t- he told them to stop worrying about the Russell Wilson brand. He was like, stop trying to be Russell Wilson, basically, and be Russell Wilson. Like, cut the unlimited shit out. Like, just. Throw like play the damn game. Yeah, just fucking play football. Don't worry about turning yourself into a a brand and an icon or whatever. Just go out and throw the ball, hand off the ball, call your plays and fucking get at it. But yeah, just just get it done. And that's what the Dolphins did. They went into New England and they got it done. It wasn't the prettiest, but they handled their business what they everyone expected like it wasn't a monster game from Tua and a monster game from Tyreek Hill because it didn't need to be the Dolphins are just good Uh, Raheem Mostert had a mega game with 121 yards and two touchdowns like yeah it's and that's that's I think a lot of that is more game script than anything the Dolphins went up like 17-3 at the half and at that point they're just going to pound the the ball down your throat so yeah and the Patriots are so depleted that I could have run the ball for the Dolphins and probably got a touchdown. Like that's that's how how much pain the New England Patriots are in in terms of their their like I don't know. Maddie was telling me they got like eight players hurt or something. <laughs> like it's ridiculous. The Pats, Ooh. the Patriots. Oh no, I know the Ravens had like five starters out. Yeah, but I think the Patriots had a bunch of guys hurt too. So I honestly like I I hate the Patriots so much that I just try not to pay attention to them. <laughs> Uh, there is two other games that we're not necessarily ignoring. It just hasn't ended uh, at the time of recording. Currently, we have two incredibly boring games happening on Monday Night Football between the Saints and Panthers and the Browns and Steelers. I don't know who, how like, they, when you make this schedule. How do they end up on Monday night? Like, whose idea? Well, here's the thing. Like, I think they have to a lot. So there's every team has to have X amount of primetime games. And usually the games that people don't give a shit about end up on Thursday Night Football. But uh, for whatever reason, the Browns and Steelers are on this one. Now, I think I read something along the lines today that because of the writer's strike, this two games on Monday night might be uh, a thing that happens all season. 
they're going to have one on ESPN and one on ABC. Since ABC's got the full schedule all season. Oh, so it's not okay. So it's not like it's one on ESPN and one on ABC. It's just all the games that were on ESPN are now on ABC. I'm not sure if it's like that way or they got one and one, but apparently, like that's the big uh, thing about WWE Raw on Monday nights is that they're going to have the hardest year ever because of the writers' strike. Monday Night Football is on ABC, so like normal cable the entire year. Yeah, so I'm just looking at next week's schedule at least because that's the next thing we're going to be talking about. The Monday Night Football games, there are two again next week. And one's on ESPN and one's on ABC. So there you go. Yeah, it's going to be tough sledding for television ratings on Monday nights going forward. That's for sure. Now, let's do you guys have an idea of what your picks are? Do you want me to let's run through the whole list again? I have an idea. All right. I'm good. Maddie, what's your hold on? Who went for I think James went first last week. Yeah, he did. Maddie, you go first then. Jags over Texans. Jags over Texans. I like it. Why? I just think the... Didn't you take the Jags already? Did I? Oh, yeah. I just look at the list. Yeah, week he definitely one? already took Jags week one. Sure. <laughs> Man. Okay. All right. Well, then I will take... It's uh, a fantastic question. Do I go easy win this week or do I try and like take something that's, you know... You know what? Fuck it. Easy win. Dolphins over Broncos. I had my eye on that one, but that's fine. Let's uh, go with the Dolphins over the Broncos. Uh, Currently, as of recording, the Dolphins are a six and a half favorite on FanDuel. I I just think the Dolphins are such an efficient, well-oiled machine right now that they should run over the Broncos, especially at home. Uh, James. Give me the Jags or the Texans. <laughs> uh, the Tony Cons. Trevor um, Lawrence, I believe. Jags over the Texans. And the Jags are a nine and a half point favorite in this one. Now, I haven't picked them yet. I feel like it might be time for me to go with the Baltimore Ravens. They are playing the Colts at home in Baltimore. But man, that Kansas City over Bears looks really good right now. The Cowboys over Cardinals looks really Niners good. Over the Giants. And I was going to say the Niners over the Giants looks really good. Ten and good a half too. favorite over the like, Giants. There's some crazy lines this week. There's ten and a half for the Chiefs. Right. The ten and a half for the the 49ers. There's the nine and a half that James just picked for the Jags. Like you said, Maddie, there's 13 and a half point favor of the Kansas City Chiefs over the Bears. And the Cardinals are uh, 12 and a half point dogs to Dallas. Like, so I don't want to go and reach for like a, a huge line like that. So what I am going to do, I'm going to go the Buffalo Bills over the Washington Commanders in Washington. The 2-0 and Washington Commanders. They sure are. Right now, currently, based off record, better team than the Bills. Yeah, I know. And it's at home. So it's like, but the Bills are still fair by up a touchdown. So, yeah, <laughs> that's I, I, I'm, I'm leading to believe in the projection on that one. We'll quickly run through some of the games that are happening on week three. As we mentioned, the San Francisco 49ers are favored by 10 and a half over the Giants. That's on Thursday night. I think we're all in agreement that the 
49ers are taking this one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think if McCaffrey doesn't have like three touchdowns, something's wrong. He's hurt. Yeah. Look for McCaffrey to have a game. And uh, I would also say Debo. Actually, it could be anybody. It could be Kittle. It could be Ayuk. It could be Debo. But I mean, they might play it safe and just let CMC do his thing. From a betting perspective, this one's going to be interesting. It's the 2-0 and Atlanta Falcons in Detroit. Detroit's a three-and-a-half-point favorite, but as we mentioned, who knows about David Montgomery. I'm still leaning Lions on this one. I, I, I don't buy this Falcons team at this point. Yeah, no. I, I think the Falcons have been fortunate. I think they've benefited off of, like Jim said, that dual backfield with a uh, with Bijan and Algier, but or Allegier, however you want to pronounce it, I'm probably mispronouncing it. I think it's I Algier. Think, yeah, I think they benefited a lot from that backfield that has got them into situations in the wins that maybe shouldn't have. So I think against the Lions, though, it's it's different. Um, I I would be taking the Lions on that one, and I'd be giving up the points for that for sure. Especially know, only at three and a half. Listen, I I was heavy on the Lions to begin the season. I'm I'm worried about a team that's as rolling pretty nicely on offense against that Lions defense. Um, like I said, the two backs they haven't even listen. The fucking Falcons haven't even gone to Kyle Pitts this year. They haven't even looked like Ritter hasn't even looked his way. Like like Pitts is basically non-existent in that offense. It's Drake London and the two backs which sounds like a really shitty band. Um, <laughs> Drake London. London in the backs. backs. Right? Opening for Five Finger Death Punch. Uh, so then, yeah, I don't know. It'll be, actually, that might be a game I'll watch. That sounds like a fun game. Then we have one, the, actually, the next three games are all games that we have picked in our week three uh, prediction. So the next one is the Bills and Commanders. I think we're all in agreement that the Bills are taking that one. Uh, the Dolphins and Broncos, that game is in Miami, and that is the one that Maddie has locked in this week with the Dolphins that are six and a half point favorites. The Houston Texans and the Jacksonville Jaguars, that was James's pick. Jaguars at home, favored by nine and a half. If you put all three of those into a parlay, you throw five bucks on it, you will get a cool $6.33 back in return. So it, it's uh, what a shitty bet. It's a, it's a big money this week. Season. That's not, that's yeah. not even degeneracy at all. That's not, you know what degeneracy is the way I played this weekend. I had my bet and I was like, fuck that bet lost. So I made a cover bet in the afternoon. That bet fucking lost. Then I was like, okay, I'll make a bet just for the Sunday nighter. That bet fucking lost. And I was like, okay, maybe I'll make a bet for Monday. And I was like, you know what? I can't really afford this. That's degeneracy, sir. Actually, full degeneracy would be making the bet on Monday with money I didn't have. That would be... Um, actually, full degeneracy is losing all that money over the weekend and then talking yourself out of betting on the Monday Night Football games only to be talked into buying two pairs of sunglasses. Yo, but that, those are 40... <laughs> like, buddy, we, those, no, are, there was, those are... There were circumstances. There are circumstances, <laughs> and it's prime time, right? Like, Yeah, there are circumstances you know, that allowed that purchase to happen. And also, too, what if those glasses come in? You wear Listen, them while making the bets, and the actually, bets come through. No, full degeneracy is buying the blacks, talking to us about the sunglasses, who bought the golds, then turning around and buying the golds because the other guys are buying 
both pairs. That's full degeneracy. Yeah. Hey, I'll yeah, I'll get that tattooed on my lower back. Degenerate. <laughs> With like the G would be like a pair of sunglasses like sideways of the prime sunglasses. <laughs> there you go. This was the other game I was considering taking. It's the Ravens are at home, eight and a half point favorites over the Colts. I'm taking the Ravens all day. Minshew Mania, brother. Running wild. You don't, in, you don't you don't believe in Gardner Minshew? I never have and never will. Now, here is one that might be poised for an upset. <laughs> Although it's not much of an upset. The Vikings are at home. They're a one and a half point favorite over the Los Angeles Chargers. That is a weird line. Right. So, I mean, okay, look. Vegas Vikings doesn't believe it either team. I, I suppose that's probably what's happening here. And look, we talked about earlier on the show about Kirk Cousins, and we don't necessarily think he's it. But we did also say that the Chargers without Austin Eckler is not exactly it either. They're the same team, if you think about it. Like, Eckler's hurt, right? So they're without him. The Vikings lost Dalvin Cook. Well, he's not playing well, so they might not have actually lost him. Both are 0-2. And their quarterbacks are still throwing the ball well. It's it's weird, man. Maybe that's why. But speaking of the line, I wanted to bring this up real quick, and I forgot about it. In that San Fran Rams game this week, okay, I was telling you that there's a rumor that Vegas called down in that game because the Rams were seven-point dogs in that game, and at the end of the game, they're driving to the end to the to the end zone. They the ref rushes to get the ball on the line, even though. There's no chance in these last 12 seconds that the Rams are going to win. And so, but in the, instead of the Rams going for a touchdown, they kicked a field goal so that they didn't Covered. cover. Oh, so they didn't cover. Okay. It was just really weird. Yeah. Mm. A lot, a lot of people, a lot of people are, are spouting the conspiracy theory that the fix was in on that one. Yeah. So that the Rams didn't cover. You got to go check out the video. It's when, when you think about it, there was really no point for the, for the Rams to kick that field goal. It was very odd. They were down by seven. Uh, Maddie, you mentioned earlier in the, the podcast that you despise the New England Patriots. Well, you're going to get a chance to see the New England Patriots take on the New York Jets in week three in, well, I was going to say in New York, but it's not really New York, in New, New Jersey. Jersey. New Jersey. <laughs> and um, the Patriots are a three-point favorite. That's value. I think that's value. I think that, but I also think this is very, this is a must win game for the New York Jets, not because of anything else other than they're at home where Zach Wilson's been booed before. So if they lose this game and it gets ugly, it's going to get real ugly on this team. Cause like we talked about in the beginning of the season, it felt like for the first time, hope had turned to expectation. And now, you know, losing Aaron Rodgers, okay, you know, people are like, what other quarterbacks are out there? When you look at the list of free agent quarterbacks, I don't know any of them are going to give you as much a better performance than Zach Wilson has the potential to give you. Hey, man. One of them is a Super Bowl MVP, all right? Nick Foles, right? No, Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco. Oh, Nick Foles won a Super Bowl, <laughs> too, though. Um, with his yeah, sure Eagles. Um, yep. So that that's a very important game for that team. Though, I don't know if you saw this week, Aaron Rodgers might come back this year. 
Yeah, that was something that he mentioned on. Well, I don't know if he mentioned on the Pat McAfee show, but he was on the Pat McAfee show and he was talking a lot about that. And one of the things that came out was, and again, I don't know if it was from the interview specifically or if it came out after, is that he's doing a different experimental treatment. I'm like, of course it's so. It's called the Speed Bridge, (laughs) and it's it's basically an internal brace that allows the injury to heal but gives you mobility. So it's entirely possible that if this works out that he they said earliest would be january now the jets would have to be playoff bound for him to have any reason to come back in january but i mean it's pretty apparent that he's going to play next season so yeah you don't make this kind of push or do these kinds of things if your intention isn't to come back and play next year so i don't think you make these kind of decisions if you don't have a push to play this year Oh, like, no, for sure. Agree. He's going to try. He's that type of yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Right? Um, so, like, we'll see. But, I mean, Eckler, well, no, yeah, it was Eckler that came back from a torn Achilles uh, in five months. It, so, so it, it can be done. Yeah. Um, well, well, I mean, obviously, age is going to be a factor for Aaron Rodgers. But, uh, like he was saying, like, don't bet against me. We can't like, reveal like, him. Oh, yeah. We have like the he was saying, actually, I think he was saying, bet against me. He'll use uh, it. And he will, he will use that as fuel, right? So yeah. it, it was it was really that, cool to see him talk about that. Um, the Bears and Chiefs. We mentioned this one briefly. <laughs> Chiefs, 13 <laughs> and a half. There's a, there's a, a TikTok of Justin Fields. And fuck, man, what a waste of potential right now. In the, where... Um, it's it's replaying like a song and i forget what the lyric is but it's like it's basically saying i can't think and he it just keeps replaying that line and he's backing up in the pocket and he's trying to figure out who to pass to there's like three receivers wide open in front of the end zone and he's just like he's just like he has no idea what he's doing has no and then he runs the ball into the line and goes down it's embarrassing it looked like he it looked like you were playing Madden in the game glitched. And just... <laughs> yeah, he's like, where should I throw this? And yeah. guys are basically like doing jumping jacks, waving for the ball. I'll find it if for you and I'll send it to you. It's pretty if you're, funny. If you're a Bears fan, you're throwing up right now because there was so much hype when Fields was drafted. They felt like they finally got their quarterback. And the, the offense now with DJ Moore, Chase Claypool. I mean, Darnell Mooney's kind of shit, but... I would take Mooney over Claypool. Yeah. But it's it just it's if yeah, if you're a Bears fan, you're absolutely disgusted right now. Absolutely disgusted. Cause there's no hope for this team. No, I'm pretty I mean, sure they've shown that they're toast. Yeah. Like I will bet against the Bears every fucking week now. Like you could give me a 18 point spread in favor of the other team and I'll fucking take that. I'll take that spread. So the next few uh, we were talking about, well, maybe not this one. <laughs> this is the, the next one's Cowboys and Cardinals. Cowboys are favored by 12 and a half. I think we'll, we're all okay with that one. Um, the next two games, these ones I think are definitely interesting. Hold on. September 25th. Is that next week? Really? Yep. God damn. That seems like a million years from now, but it legitimately is the Monday Night Football games. Yo, apparently Nick Chubb just went down. He's hurt. No, oh, that's not ideal. he's my running uh, back. Next week's, next week's Monday Night Football games. 
I think there's value on both of these, and I'm actually currently have it sitting in a parlay right now because I, I I like the look of these. The Eagles and the Bucks in Tampa. Oh, I read this wrong. There's less value here than I thought. <laughs> uh, the Eagles are favored by five and a half. I was reading it as if they were dogs by five and a half. I was like, I am absolutely taking the Eagles, but okay, never mind. They're favored, so not as much value but, as I was but, thinking. But so five and a half for the Eagles against the Bucks. I'm I would be laying on the Eagles for sure. I'd be yeah. throwing money that way. And then finally, the last Monday night football game of next week. This one has a bit of value to it. It's the Rams at the Bengals. And the Bengals are a two and a half point favorite. I'm 100% betting on the Rams on that one. Yeah, for if, sure. If, dude, if the, if the Bengals go 0-3, there is, there is disaster oh, in Cincinnati. Yeah. Disaster. You want to talk degeneracy? Watch yep. watch the how quickly that that whole situation decomposes. Well, watch Cincinnati. how quickly that that fan base betrays Joe Burrow. The the going back to the Eagles game. Watch that Eagles game because they're not all is well between AJ Brown and and Jalen Hurts. Like they don't. Yeah, they don't seem too happy with each other right now. I saw that on Thursday night, and I, I think it's much ado about nothing. I feel like those interactions happen all the time between like really competitive guys. And look, one guy's not getting the ball, and one guy is in charge well, of giving the ball. Right? When you have Swift running the way he was on Thursday night, why would you be throwing the ball? Like the guy's right. essentially averaging seven yards a run. I said on Twitter that night, I was I was like, if I was playing for the Eagles, like me, a non-athlete. I would rush for at least 100 yards behind this Eagles offensive line mm-hmm. and this Minnesota defense that was non-existent. They, they were just doing whatever they wanted. Could you imagine? Being a, like, I'm going to say this, being a Jets fan. Can you imagine what a guy like Brees Hall would do behind an O-line like the Eagles O-line? Holy fuck. <laughs> well, he'd be getting 13 Deion's, yards a carry and like right? four touchdowns a game. I, I would say Deion Sanders. It would be Barry Sanders. <laughs> That's what it would be. <laughs> the other Sanders. Who doesn't Sanders, have sunglasses. Yeah. Did you? I must have told this story before. Did you ever see that picture like a while ago? This was during like the American last election, and I think it was before they officially announced that Biden was the uh, the person running against Trump. And it was Garth Brooks about to play a concert in Ford Field. Mm-hmm. So there's a picture of Garth Brooks like walking onto stage, and he was wearing uh, a Barry Sanders jersey because he's in Ford Field. And the comments on this picture on Instagram because they thought it was- <laughs> they thought it was like a Bernie Sanders jersey. Bernie and it was like Sanders. I can't believe you support that socialist. I'm like, first of all, there's political football jerseys, and right, and like that's secondly, where you started, <laughs> Bernie Sanders. People were losing their minds over this man yeah. wearing uh, a Barry Sanders jersey. So, so funny. Every time I see that, it just makes me chuckle. Uh, because I mean. Actually, I think there is a Netflix documentary coming out soon on Barry Sanders. I don't know if it's Netflix or there's there is a documentary coming soon on him. As there should and be. Arg- and arguably he had his career not been shortened for whatever reason it was shortened for. Would probably have been one of the best players the NFL have ever seen. Um and you know what? It's you we don't get to see a lot of that. Like when you look at someone and say they are definitively the best person that has ever played this sport, especially in our generation. But we are seeing that now in baseball. Or at least we were seeing that now in baseball with Shohei Otani. 
where all throughout this year, this guy was the best pitcher in the league and he was the best hitter in the league. It was obscene. And then the injury or strain happened in his elbow, which always raises alarms when that happens to a pitcher. That usually means Tommy John, and that usually means they're gone for at least 12 months. For whatever reason, um, they decided not to operate and decided not to tend to it, and he was going to continue hitting. And I think he did that for another week or two until I think it was Friday where the news came out that, hey, we just, uh, like the media was walking around in the clubhouse in Anaheim like, oh, Shohei Otani's locker is cleared out. <laughs> what, what happened? And all sorts of speculation happening all night and all day as to what exactly is going on with Shohei Otani and what's actually going on and what's actually happening. There is another injury. Now it's an oblique strain, I believe, that has now just shut him down for the year. So and we have seen the last of Shohei Otani. What's that? And he's in Japan. Oh, yeah, I bet the second it happened, he was on a plane headed home to go. Or oh, like the, the video came out this morning where oh, he's okay. getting off the plane in Japan. Yeah, he's in the airport. Yeah. yeah. In er uh, not in China, Narita, I think he was at. Nice airports in Asia, by the way. Like first class all the way, it's great. Dude, what a What's... bad look for the Angels. Yeah, oh, could, could you imagine if they dealt him and got something? They would have got at least four first round picks. Yep. <laughs> That's a and joke. Now, That's the Colin Coward thing that saying, you can't trade draft yeah. picks. And now they're saying, yeah, now <laughs> that good callback. Now they're saying that uh, they're open to trading Trout if he wants to leave. Oh, actually, that's a great point. I don't. I think I said it on Twitter last week when the Jays were spinning their tires, and I said, "Who says no? If the Blue Jays trade Vladimir Guerrero Jr., George Springer." And Springer would just be thrown in because the money needs to balance at some point. You need an opening in the outfield. And Alec Manoa for Mike Trout. Done. I did that yesterday. So I'm looking at it like from both sides. Like obviously a Blue Jays homer. So like I'm gonna I'm gonna say, let's trade Ted Lilly for uh Shohei Otani and Mike Trout. No, like I'm, legitimately from the A's perspective or the A's from the Angels perspective, you're getting Vladimir Guerrero Jr. that you can potentially rebuild. His dad used to play there. So there's all sorts of opportunity of merchandising as well to do like a father-son bobblehead night. And even though the Jays did that because he played for Montreal, but you get the idea. There's all sorts of merchandising opportunities there. He is a legitimate all-star when he is playing to his potential. Alex Manoa was a Cy Young candidate last year. Finalist of Cy Young. Probably hates this organization. And there's a clearly a major disconnect between the Blue Jays organization and Alec Manoa right now. He needs a fresh start. And then George Springer, yeah, is this the guy that is a casualty of the lineup at this point? I And so, look, I think it makes sense for the A's. or God damn it, not the A's. It makes sense for the Angels. Um, on the Blue Jays side, you get a generational talent in Mike Trout, who, unfortunately, hasn't been healthy at least the past four seasons. So... Who knows what you're, you're getting? Yeah, at. you're rolling the dice. But it's just, I mean, oh, listen, Otani's going to be a Dodger, right? Like, that's that's where he's going. I mean, maybe. I think he prefers. Cal- <laughs> right. I think he would prefer California just because of the proximity to 
to Japan. We've seen it before with Ichiro Suzuki. He played most of his career in Seattle, but he did end up in New York at one point too. There's also rumors that I think he he was interested in Boston because I think somebody that who was instrumental in bringing him over is there, and so and so is Masataka Yoshida, but uh, apparently Boston is trying to focus on pitching, and they, you know, if he's not going to be a, a dual threat, like they want other, they want their money tied in, in better stuff from the mound. So, I mean, it's just. It's a bad look from the Angels all around that, hey, they got to shut down a guy who's not going to be back, right? Like, it's just... Probably played his last game in their organization, yeah. Right? So, like, what a weird way for the saga of the potentially best baseball player of all time to end his career with his first team. It's just a weird, right? Like, it's not... There's no trade. There's no goodbye. There's no wave off the field there's no nothing he just he literally just disintegrated and, and is now sunset. going pardon off into the sunset and now he's going to re reanimate himself into a new team it's it's wild and but probably tommy john takes tommy john takes what a year roughly yeah usually 12 months recovery for a pitcher so is it is it within the realm of possibility that if he gets the surgery like is he going to be able to bat even yeah a lot of the time guys still bat with either the injury or while rehabbing because the muscle doesn't get used in the same way as pitching. Like the torque and the movement isn't the same as pitching. Yeah. I was just, I was curious. Cause like he, like you got to think now his, his trade, well not trade value, but like even his contract value is probably significantly less. Maybe, but a lot of the time guys come back from Tommy John and the muscles actually strong, but he's not going to pitch for whoever next year. Right, but it's going to be the same thing as, you know, when teams went and got Kevin Durant knowing he's not going to play for a year, but it's True. the what they get after it, right? Like they will eat one year of Shohei Otani not playing if they get five, six more years of him pitching and batting. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. So I I, I don't think it necessarily hurt his contract value too much. Um, I think it maybe limited the teams though. Like there's teams that would be more ready to win now that may have taken a run that if they see their window kind of as two more years, they may say, you know what, we're just going to remove ourselves. But again, the Dodgers are compete every year kind of team. So they'll take the, they'll for sure take a stab at it. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if the Yankees try, but I doubt they would actually get him because again, he's probably prefers West coast. Um, you know who low key, I think would be a dark horse Mariners. Yeah. The blue Jays. No, Seattle Mariners. <laughs> no, Mariners. I, I could see the Mariners going there. Like Ichiro having an influence, telling them about it. It's on that West Coast. They're a really good team. You know, you could say they're one or two pieces away. Um, they're not even really one or two pieces away. Like they're ready. Like they're, they're in the they're competition young. now. And they're going to be yeah, good exactly. for a long time. Well, so, here's, here's the thing. He's such a great player that I think we can make a case for every team in Major League Baseball to be like, yeah, he would fit there. Because, <laughs> like, you'd make him fit. Like, there's yeah. there's no team in the league who would say, oh, we, we don't have a... Right? Yes, you would absolutely find room. It's like, oh, do you have room for Michael Jordan on your team? Yeah, I, I think we'll <laughs> listen, figure out a way. We heard, <laughs> listen, we heard this week, uh, there's a, a clip that I saw of Cliff Fletcher in the Wayne Gretzky thing. Did you see that? No. Where he's like, they were like, how close was Wayne Gretzky to becoming a Maple Leaf? It was just after the St. Louis Blues run he had. 
and the, he was like, well, you know, Walter was recovering. I guess Walter Gretzky was sick or something. You know, the appeal of being close to Toronto. And he's like, but, you know, this is Cliff Fletcher. He goes, we had we had uh, up the middle Doug Gilmore and Matt Sundin. So, you know, we just we couldn't really make it work. What the fuck? Well, that's that's twice then that it it, it didn't happen. One, because of that. Harold, Two, Ballard. Harold Ballard. That fuck. But can you imagine? I'd be like, uh, Dougie, you're moving to the wing, pal. <laughs> or or Matt, so you're gonna play wing now because we have Wayne Gretzky. Yeah, like greatest player of all time, and you're not even going to entertain it. And then they traded Doug Gilmore. Yeah, then they traded Doug. But these are the people who are in charge of the Maple Leafs for so many seasons, and uh, we wonder why. Cliff, well, Cliff Fletcher is also masks. the dude who 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 did he Je- who signed Jeff Finger, thinking they were getting fucking. No, that was John Ferguson. No, no, no. It was, was it Cliff, Cliff Fletcher. Was it? Yeah. Here, I will the, Google it now. Anyway, yeah. We'll, we'll Cliff move Fletcher, on. when he came back that second time, he didn't have a lot to do with the Maple Leafs, but I can believe that he was the guy who signed Jeff Finger. Now, looking back at it now, I think it was like three years, $9 million for Jeff Finger, if I'm not mistaken. He thought he was, um, uh, uh, was like Carlos Scrastons or something. Like, he got the players mixed up. It's so, like the start... Go ahead, Maddie. I was going to say, this is what happened. Jeff Finger grew up in a dream to play for the Leafs. He was 27-year-old defenseman with 94 NHL games under his belt when Cliff Fletcher and the Leafs signed him to a four-year, $14 million contract on the first day of free agency in 08. It was a questionable move, no doubt, but Fletcher and co. were championing Finger's seemingly untapped shutdown ability. A little research proves that uh, apparently Fletcher was actually thinking of Kurt Sauer who they wanted to sign, but accidentally signed Jeff Finger. I mean, syllabically, they sound the same. Jeff Finger, Kurt Sauer. What a way to prove that you are not capable of doing this job. Hang on. Hang on. Uh, This is for uh, Cliff Fletcher. Samsonite. I was way off. (laughs) Very appropriate. While you're messing with uh, audio, James, I feel like there's a song that I need you to cue up. Okay. And it's only, but I think you know what song I'm talking about. Oh, okay. It's the only time I've ever asked you to queue up a song, but we're not quite there yet. We'll get there in a minute. Um, because I do want to quickly touch on the Toronto Blue Jays because it's been a week, guys. It's like, I don't quite understand what exactly has happened, but there was a point where the Toronto Blue Jays were, you know, they took two of three from the Rockies and then they took two of three from the athletics and then they swept Kansas city and the Jays were about a week ago from this almost from this recording. So a week ago today uh, on the 11th of September, we were thinking, okay, the Jays are handily, not necessarily handily, but they had a couple games up on the Texas Rangers. They're in a wild card spot. They were just opening up a series against the Rangers in Toronto you figure, even if they split the series, the Jays are laughing. Not only did they not split the series, but they got swept in the series. They got dummied. They didn't get swept, Dustin. They got dummied. Yeah, it was a 10-4 loss, a 6-3 loss, a 10-0 loss, and then a 9-2 loss. Dummied. That's, tw- that's 35 for the Rangers and 9 for the Blue Jays over the course of four games. Wipe yourself off, man. You dead. And that's exactly how we felt 
on Thursday night slash Friday morning. It was time for the the autopsy of this team, even though we had already done the autopsy on this team like a month ago, because there was already a stretch earlier this year where they just got, you know, their lunch taken from them. And we figured that was it. But we underestimate just how bad the Rangers and the <laughs> the Mariners and the Astros are. Because these motherfuckers did nothing but lose games all weekend. And the Jays, they fortunately the got, to pl- got to play a series against the Red Sox. I hate this fucking so, team. I hate them. They have no idea who they are. Like, they give you this false sense of security that you're in a playoff spot, and then they play a good team, and they get their ass kicked. But then, fortunately, they get to play the Red Sox. And I feel like we're going to have this same goddamn conversation next week because the Blue Jays now have three games in New York. Now, look, the Yankees suck this year. They really suck. But the Blue Jays historically have been horrendous in New York. The only place the Blue Jays are worse than in New York is fucking Tampa, which is where they're going next right after New York. <laughs> I can feasibly see the Toronto Blue Jays losing the next six games in a row. So I know we're all riding high here, and the Blue Jays are in not only the last wild card spot, they're in the second wild card spot now. Like They have gained some significant ground here. It's just it's so up and down. It's very upsetting. Uh, one other thing, though. During the Rays, or not the Rays, during the Rangers series, when they were in Toronto, um, it must have been like a Tuesday night or a Wednesday night in Toronto. And I, I don't want to pick just on Mike Wilner because the, the first tweet I saw was from Mike Wilner, who is a uh, Blue Jays radio announcer from however many years ago. I don't know if he's even on the radio anymore because, um, I mean, sports, cause sports radio not, doesn't exist in Toronto. Also anymore. not very good. Well, that's neither here nor there. But the point is, I saw this with a lot of people. It wasn't just Mike. There was a number of media personalities who were taking pictures of the Rogers Center and saying, look at this. There's nobody here. There's only you know, 29,000 people here today. This is September baseball. This is what we've been waiting for for so long. I don't, like, I don't, is it, is it that hard to understand, like, what the financial situation of people in the city is right now? Like, his, the argument that everyone is responding with is people saying, like, look, it's expensive to go to games. Like, my kids are back in school now. I have, like, shit to do during the week. Or it's... It's fucking expensive. Well, <laughs> or also the fact that... Like, gone up 2.5%. Yeah. Right? And, you know, it's... They, and they're only making it more expensive. Because we've talked about this. As they add yeah. all these things and they're getting us to pay for it, it's, it's not... Like, people aren't going to show up. Like, the luster of the new shit is worn off. Next year, they're going to put more new shit, the 100 level. People will go, and then the luster will wear off. There's, there's, I've said this before. They're inviting people into the stadium who aren't fans. They're, they're going for the experience. So, eventually, that's going to stop. And the Jays, traditionally, have had a fair-weather fan base anyway. When they're terrible, there's like 11,000 people in that fucking place. Not right? even. So, you go on a Tuesday night when the Jays are trash, and it's you're lucky to crack 2,500, 3,000. So, you know, yeah, just so, same. So his, yeah, so his argument was, well, there's still people in the stands last week. It's like, well, yeah, those people in the stands last week might not be able to go every single week. So 
people are struggling out there, and I see you, all those people who are struggling out there, even though these clowns with uh, media credentials don't. Quick uh, quick time check. Maddie, did you have to jump? Are you okay? Uh, do you want to run your shout out now? And then. No, it's just, I. we can go. It's just as long as it's uh, not, we're not we pushing have, it a lot longer. We only have two more things on the list, um, and I think they'll be fairly quick. The first one, uh, James, this is the reason why I asked you to queue up the music because oh, I right. think we need to, I think we need to play someone, uh, I need, we need to play a tribute to uh, someone who uh, recently lost their job. So leave the memories alone. I don't want to say the way it is. That's how it used to be. That's right. It didn't take long. Uh, he didn't coach a single game for the Columbus Blue Jackets, but Mike Babcock has been, I, I shouldn't say let go. They have, uh, has agreed to part ways with the Columbus Blue Jackets uh, amidst all the discussion that has happened uh, that started last week, thanks to one Paul Bissonnette on the Spitting Chicklets podcast, who uh, brought, light, brought light to the scenario of him asking to, for, uh, to see uh, pictures on uh, some of his players' phones. I have a whole bunch of statements here I can read. I don't know if it's worth it, honestly. No. <laughs> um, I think the headline here is that the messaging has been agreed to part ways. That what do you guys think about that, Maddie? Go ahead. It's such a hero thing for like Babcock to do to be like he's saying that he didn't do anything wrong, but this is all created a distraction, and he's gonna take one for the team and back out. Listen, I mean, effectively, the, the guy's coaching career is done. He'll never coach in the NHL ever again. I no mean, path. he'll be lucky to ever coach anywhere ever again. We we gave him the benefit of the doubt last week, and I think there's an interesting dichotomy here between young players and veterans. By the sounds of it, some veterans, and like even Yarmo Kekalainen said, Babcock asked for his phone. Like, like I don't know if he's saying that just to defend his decision or whatever, even though he said we made a mistake. Um there's young players who might be taken aback by this. Like it is a little bit odd, let's be honest. Right. So you know, we gave him the benefit of the doubt and it sounds like some of the young players thought it was no bueno. Just cause I mean, if you're Boone Jenner and you, you stand up for the guy and the guy gets fired, like it's a, it's a little bit, like I don't think anything's going to happen to Jenner, but I mean, he probably was like, yeah, sure. Whatever. Like it just didn't bother him. He's a little bit older. Right. Kakaline and apparently didn't mind either. So my guess is it probably came from some of the younger players. I wouldn't be surprised if it was an Adam Fantilli, Zach Wierenski, guys like that. Like I know Wierenski's probably a veteran at this point, but I wouldn't be surprised if he's one of them either. But, you know, I, I think it's the day it's, it's tough now too. And I think we're probably the last generation of understanding that life's hard. Shit's tough and not, not everything's handed to you. Um, and I think there's a lot of athletes that are coming up nowadays that have been coddled for so long that when they do have someone who's a little bit harder on them than they're used to or whatever. Now, I'm not condoning what he did. I just think that the age of the hard ass coach that gets at you is probably done, um, especially in hockey. This will be forever in football and they'll never say a word about it. But um, yeah, I'm not surprised that this is kind of what the outcome is, but 
for a guy who arguably one of the smartest hockey minds that we've seen in the past 25 years and who's led international teams and you know hall of fame career this is probably shutting him out of that too you know he's probably not getting to the hall now it's weird he has how his career degraded like great hockey mind made some weird bonehead decisions down the line um yep coming out of the leafs and then now this it's just very odd but no we gotta run no dustin has thoughts i'm sure because you know we were talking about it last week and it's just yes it's bizarre for sure but you know yeah i I wanted to give him the benefit of the doubt but here the fact that they had to make a move makes me believe that there's more to it well the nhlpa investigated right and that's and exactly so that's kind of the feeling i get even though the official announcement says uh, I don't want to be a distraction. I'm going to part ways from the team. We're going to mutually decide to go our separate ways and all that. Um, I don't think that would be the response if the investigation was on the up and up. Yeah. Squeaky clean does not get this response. That's my interpretation of the um, the scenario. I could be wrong, but that's where I'm, that's where my head is at, where I think like, they probably knew there was going to be something uh, discovered in this investigation. And they said, you know what? Let's just, uh, let's just cut bait while we can. So I'm okay with uh, never seeing Mike Babcock ever again. I'm sure most of that league is too. And uh, shout out to Paul Bissonnette, man. (laughs) Uh, I think it was on Twitter today where he said something like, we're a, we're a player's podcast. If you fuck with the players, we're coming for you. So that's, it's pretty cool, man. Like he's probably one of the most influential people in the league right now. So, um, and from one of the most influential people in the NHL to one of the most influential people on the planet, uh, a guy who has created numerous brands, successful brands like the Terramana Tequila and the Zoa Energy and Project Rock Athletic Wear, and I'm probably forgetting another one. Oh, I mean the X production company, <laughs> Seven Bucks Entertainment, all these things, The Rock has returned to WWE, although he just made one appearance. The real headline here, there's, there's, there's a couple things here. Oh, he's returned, one, and I know why he's returned. Well, he's returned because the writers are on strike and actors <laughs> are on strike. Man needs a paycheck. <laughs> Everyone doesn't need a paycheck, but he wants a he's paycheck. got time. Yeah, he right? wants a paycheck. And I think it's... So there's a lot of things happening here. One, there is the merger that just happened with WWE and UFC uh, or and, and Endeavor and the new company, TKO Group. So there's that that literally just officially happened last week. Obviously, it's been talked about for a while, but it officially closed last week. And I think there's a lot of things happening in terms of um, WWE saying, hey, look, we can bring in The Rock. We can bring in John Cena. And I wouldn't doubt in a couple weeks, you're going to see Dave Batista show up on WWE programming. You're going to see Randy Orton back. All the stars are going to start. You're going to see Brock Lesnar popping up again because I think they're trying to put their best foot forward with their new owners and show that they can they can pop a rating, they can pop a building, well, they can... Like you said, with the writer's strike, those guys, they got nothing going on and what's an easy payday? Like, listen, it's an easy payday for these guys. Sure. You know, for Absolutely. A, it is. For John Cena, like, why do you think John Cena committed to five weeks of SmackDown? He doesn't have any acting to do. Dave Batista, no. I wouldn't doubt Dave Batista called them. 
be like, hey, man, can I do something? <laughs> like, Yeah, well, and to be honest, it seems like that strike's probably going to end in the next month or so, give or take a week or two within that. I hope so. so. I, wouldn't man, I hope so. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, they're like, look, this is what's going on. They're at the table. This is the timeline. And Bob's your uncle. So that was the theory for The Rock. And I kind of believe that is the case. But he was asked that on the Pat McAfee show uh, last week where Pat asked him, like, so is it just because you're too busy? Like, that's why you haven't made a return to WWE. And his response was more of like, no, like, I have time to do it whenever I want to do it. It's just he wants to do something that hasn't been done before. He wants to do something different. And he had mentioned that he was locked to have a match with Roman Reigns at WrestleMania in Los Angeles this past year, which is pretty cool to think about. And that's what we all expected to happen, but it didn't end up happening. And he teased he's probably going to do it at WrestleMania 40 in Philadelphia this year. And then, lo and behold, he showed up on SmackDown that night. So there's definitely smoke to that fire that uh, The Rock is back to a certain extent that he is probably building towards a match at WrestleMania. But part of me thinks it's not going to be him versus Roman Reigns. The fact that he kept saying, I want to do something different. I want to do something that hasn't been done before. And he mentioned the partnership with UFC. So then I'm starting to think, wait a minute. What if there's some sort of WrestleMania match of The Rock and Roman Reigns on opposite sides, but it's not a, a one-on-one match. It's going to be a tag match. Like Conor and McGregor. The, and The Rock has Conor McGregor, or uh, Roman Reigns has you know Nate Diaz, or maybe the Paul brothers are involved. Like I feel like there's some sort of massive multi- entertainment crossover Don't thing forget. that's going to happen. CM Punk. There's more. Oh, there's, man. there's a lot of wheels in motion there. It's an interesting spot to be. I could go on about the CM Punk situation, but I think that's something we could put a pin in and talk about in another week because I think it is now officially time for everyone's favorite segment of the week. Show, show. It is for everyone's of the weekend. It is everyone's first because it is the only time you get to hear music on any entertainment property on the planet, and that includes WWE Network, who edits that song out of the broadcast. Uh, before <laughs> I get into this, though, I do want to mention that the wrestler I was thinking of earlier was Kona Reeves, if you're familiar with that name. I'll go first. My shout out goes to a film director, and recently I've been watching. For the first time, actually, all the Saw movies leading up to the new release. I think Saw 10 is coming out in a few weeks. So for the first time, I watched Saw 1, 2, and 3. And honestly, Saw 2 is fucking incredible. Like the twists and turns. And every time I, I think of a twisty movie, I always think of uh, Detective Pikachu, where Ryan Reynolds as Pikachu is like, ooh, that's very twisty. Um, <laughs> this was a very twisty movie. So the director was uh, Darren Lynn Bousman. So I just want to give a shout out to Darren Lynn Bousman for doing an incredible movie that I think doesn't get the recognition of being a really cool movie because everyone thinks of Saw as like that torture porn kind of movie. But some of those earlier ones are just very well done in the twists and turns that it takes. Matty, go. No, I agree. 
Um, so I have two, one that came up tonight and then, uh, the other one, I did shout these, this out a couple weeks ago, but I'm going to do it again. Shout out to shooter Sanders, man. Like, I know we talked about it off the hop, but you know, to kind of have the poise and resiliency and, you know, the, I guess the balls to stick in that game when that first half was not good and to bring that team back to win that in double overtime with that kind of atmosphere, the lead up to the game, the hype and everything that was involved in that that's uh that's pretty impressive and the other one is because it just happened is shout out to nick chubb man like one of the best running backs in the nfl and it looks like he went down and broke his leg tonight so um yeah that hurts your fantasy team but shout out to uh shout out to that dude and hopefully he gets well soon and you know maybe uh maybe it's not as bad as it's looking or initially thought and he gets back quick but it sucks, man. Anytime, you know, players go down like that, like you you don't necessarily want to see teams you don't want to win win, but you don't want to see guys get hurt. So those are mine. Jim. My shout out is to the Professional Women's Hockey League for having their first draft today. Um, very stoked for that day going. I believe there's six teams. Um, yep. Original six for the professional women's hockey league which is great um very stoked to see what the team names are um great to see billy jean king out there um supporting it like it looks uh like there's actually effort and investment and time behind something like this and they've done like the women hockey players have done a really good job of of creating this reality with their dream gap tour and all that stuff they did so hopefully you know this yeah like the women's sports listen people say oh WNBA equal pay whatever the WNBA is growing you can tell by you know it's on tv and it's covered very successfully and hopefully we can see the same for women's hockey so shout out to the professional women's hockey league for sure and shout out to all of you for tuning into another episode of 43.6 shout out to now your treasures who is a wonderful sponsor of ours we will talk to you all next week maybe we'll talk a bit more about cm punk i have a whole uh, big idea of what the situation is going to be and how i can fancy book the whole thing and i'll book it right for wrestlemania maybe we'll talk about that maybe not we have a whole lot going on next week we'll see you there until then help control the pet population and have your pets spayed or neutered <laughs>